A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. And welcome to the AEW Collision Preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Culture, to look ahead to this weekend's episode of AEW Collision. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review AEW Collision, but also AEW Dynamite, Raw, SmackDown, the show, show formerly known as NXT 2. Oh! Pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with a very good quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Sidgwick to look ahead to AEW Collision. And the future of... Um, could well be on the line in the tag title match tonight. Um, this genuinely is one of my most anticipated matches of the year. Yeah. Um, I'm going to set the alarm. I'm going to watch it on Sunday morning at like, I'm going to start collision at 5 a.m. Kids usually get up at 7. Um, so I don't want to get up at half four. I have a five and maybe fast forward some stuff. Yeah. And then revisit it later. But I want to watch this match fresh. On it, unspoiled. Unspoiled. Because um, obviously I'm chronically addicted to Twitter. So I will not <laughs> be at muscle memory. will put me on X. Um, there are various reasons. All good ones, all of the good ones, why this match is my most anticipated of the year. What do you want out of a professional wrestling match, right? Mm-hmm. I'm fairly certain this tag team title match on Collision has literally all of them. You want a match that you know is going to be excellent. Yes. And with Cole, MGF, Dax Harwood, and Cash Wheeler, you've got four tremendous professional wrestlers. So you're going to get, at a minimum, a very, 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 very good match. It's mm-hmm. obviously, I think, going to be great. It just is. They'll play this perfectly. Given how collisions, rhythms are, it'll get loads of time. If anything, yes. if anything, it might get too much time. Well, we've um, got, we only got three things booked for tonight's show. Yeah, it's wise. one of those where if you like long matches, collisions your show. Um, if you if you get anxious about the match you want getting time, you don't have to. Collision has taught us, mm-hmm. conditioned us to expect the long match. So it's going to be a very, 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 very good match. Something really terrible will have to happen for this to be bad. Mm. It's just not going to be. So that's the mi- that's the minimum quality level of this match. That's one of the reasons to look forward to it. One of all of the reasons you've got to look forward to any match. Two, there is a, especially for a TV match, there is an exceptional business case for either result. Yeah. So as a result, I, you, everyone is probably going to bite on every single near fall mm-hmm. because FTR have got the opportunity to really, I think they already have, to restore the legacy of what I think has been one of the best titles of the modern era. SCU, it was fine. Then Kenny and Hangman was absolutely goaded. Yeah. The first FTR run was like a speed run to get it onto the Young Bucks. Yeah. Out of those first four, you've got two candidates for one of the two of the best title runs of any title, any division <laughs> yeah. of the 21st century. It wasn't great on that level beyond that, but there were still some classic matches and great emotive moments like acclaimed Swerve in Our Glory. Yeah. Um, we had some great three-way dances throughout 2022. And it went a bit awry. But since FTR have got it, you've had the great long matches, mm-hmm. the great acclaimed matches, um, critically acclaimed matches. You've had an incredibly fun storyline between FTR and Planet Jarrett, which was just such a fun storyline from beginning to end. And now you've got this magic. You've got this magic. So what do you do? Do you continue this really long restorative tag team title reign which Dax might have given the game away by basically saying oh yeah we're going to work the Young Bucks Aussie Open and someone else Mm -hmm. well thanks Dax because now I kind of know the (laughs) result but in the moment 
you'll not be sure because there is an unbelievable business case to continue this. Yeah. Like, I have seen countless people express sentiments along the lines of, do the title switch. Like, do it. Like, yep. keep this MGF and Cole thing going. I understand they need a massive match for All In. That was made especially apparent from last week's Dynamite. It's That Dynamite, I think the only explanation for why they didn't build much on it was Cole and MGF is going to Wembley and they've got an idea to make it even better from here on out. And they've got all the trust in the world that they expect that single sequel to be as hot as, well, the last four weeks of TV have been. Um, but it's so hot and it's so unbelievably over in those buildings. Every quarter hour they've done as a team has done majestically well. It's been so entertaining, so loud. It's captured the imagination of the audience. Maybe they'll think, you know what? Let's pivot. Tony Khan's not a big pivot guy. He's very much, my spreadsheet tells me to do this, so yeah. I'm going to do it. Um, like, Look at the hangman run and like how, obviously, the paternity thing ahead of All Out 2021 um, delayed the plan. But that long-term plan was in place from at least early 2020. Yeah. Like, at least. Um, that was going to go 18 months. Um, so I just don't think he's going to do it. But the business case, nonetheless, is so strong. And the fan sentiment kind of begging this to continue is so strong that I will think until the very last time the referee ha the referee's hand strikes that match for a third time that they are going to switch these belts. So the drama, unpredictable drama, it's going to be loud as hell in that building. Um, even if they're quiet for everything else, this match would do well in Long Island. I know it's a bad example because yeah, MGF, yeah, yeah. it would do well in um, any Raw building. <laughs> and so you got the great match, the big money match, this great storyline colliding against this other great storyline. It feels like a dream match. This is the first time since the launch of Collision where there's a bit of cross-pollination between the two shows where it's like, oh, I like how these shows exist mm. because this isn't something that can happen on one show. It feels a little bit crossover eventy. Yes. So that's got it going for it as well. And I'm going to read you some quotes. If you couldn't infer from Dax Harwood's body language and indeed what he said on Dynamite this week, um, that he genuine, genuinely holds animosity towards MJF. I'm going to read the following quotes. Um... These are from the FTR podcast that has since been uh, abandoned. Yeah, I believe it didn't quite get the endorsement of... Uh, One of the only professional wrestling podcasts that's actually worth a f It didn't, and it's, uh, you know, what the chances that another one got uh, cancelled. Um, right, okay. So these are quotes from... It was actually a good podcast. Yeah. Um... I understand why they had to stop I it. I understand why they had to stop it. And there were times where I was like, "What? why are you saying this stuff? You're yeah. just going to create more narrative and more animosity. But when he was focused on Dax Harwood, um, on storyline ideas he has, it was like, oh, why he did certain things in matches. It was a really cool oh, was fascinating perspective. fascinating yeah. um, An insight. This is the one, this is, he did a podcast with Matt Coon, um, specifically about the pinnacle. And I was captivated by this um, even before I pressed play because we all knew we could all easily infer something went awry. Yeah. There's absolutely not a chance that it unfolded to plan because <laughs> they're not that bad at planning. They're right. a great promotion at their best. And this was in 2021. And that was one of the best periods in AEW history. And you might be thinking, why? Why did it go awry? Why were they barely even on screen together half the time? Why did it feel like the stable didn't even exist? Yeah, you've got a social media post every week, and that was about it, basically. Yeah, it was so weird. It's like, are they still a stable? What's going <laughs> on? This is Dax Harwood's perspective, and these are a few scattered quotes about why it never actually felt like it was a thing. You going to do the voice, or? Not the whole time. These are long quotes. I might slip into it. You know, I ain't no narrator or nothing. <laughs> But, you know, I'm not, I ain't no radio actor. <laughs> but I might slip into it. Bear in mind, this is Dax's side of the story. Mm. 
MJF, because he keeps in character 24-7, has never said his side. So I'm look, I'm only telling you Dax Harwood's side of the story. Yes. Okay. Um I have some thoughts about what the MGF side of the story is, but put it this way, I'm not slaughtering any sacred cows on this podcast, no. okay? I'm not doing it. So he's talking about how he wanted, he envisioned the pinnacle to be more like that famous stable, what was it called? Um, FTRKO. Oh, yes. Or what were they going to call it because they weren't FTR then? Uh, what was their lame unofficial name for it? Oh, Basically, the revival and Randy Orton yes. had a brief connection, and they wanted and they pitched it and pitched it, and never happened. Anyway, so when this was going on, this revival Orton thing in WWE, um, Dax Harwood made reference to it, thinking it was something like he wanted that to be the template for the pinnacle. So this is from Dax Harwood's podcast since cancelled, talking about the pinnacle. Orton always made sure and always fought for me and Cash that the three of us were on equal on an equal playing field because he said when he was in Evolution, Hunter did the same for him, Flair and Batista, that they weren't just cannon fodder for Triple H. They were on the same level, and if they were going to take bumps, Hunter was going to take bumps too. And so I tried to explain that to Max, but it just never got through to him. Probably because he's a little too egotistical for his own good. Thinks he knows a little too much for his own good. Now, that's one quote. That is incredibly patronizing. Yes. Like, I have absolutely no doubt that that is a skewed perspective. MGF, as we have seen from his glittering, precocious, professional wrestling career, if he knows one thing, it's this business... <laughs> So I have got a sneaking suspicion that MJF, who basically did the Triple H and Batista thing with Wardlow yeah. in a different way, he might be he might be somewhat familiar with evolution. <laughs> and he might have done an absolutely incredible job of at one point of elevating Wardlow to his level over a slow burn. So maybe that quote from Dax is, you know. Inaccurate and mm. skewed, but there are two sides to every story. Here's another quote from said podcast. I don't think at first we thought that. I think at first someone, maybe a couple of other people outside of the group too, felt this was a vehicle for just Max. We felt, and I say we being Cash, Spears, and Wardlow, we felt that if we all worked together, we could all get over. We could all each get each other over. Obviously, Max was going to be the main event guy winning the world belt. We knew that. But we felt that everybody could benefit from this group and in turn benefit who we individually work with and in turn benefit AEW's business. Just didn't pan out that way. The implication there is enough. I'll let it hang in the air. It should be obvious. Because I think that one person in the group, just say it. You've already friggin' said it. Anyway, this is a, another quote from Dax. Because I think that one person in the group probably thought that he was bigger than the group. He was the star of it. It was a vehicle. And probably felt that this was just designed for him. Maybe he wasn't the only person that thought that too. Is that a reference to Tony Khan? Not for me to say. I'm, yeah. I'm, right, I'm, that's me putting words in his mouth. I shouldn't have done that. Just to reiterate, because I think that one person in the group probably thought that he was bigger than the group and probably felt that this was just designed for him. It kind of was. He was the main event guy. He was the young, ratings-drawing prodigy talent. And it wasn't an Evolution-style group. It wasn't. I've done... Like, the evolution... You know, you know what the crack was. It was Ric Flair who was the legend. Yeah. Triple H who was the guy in his prime, even though he wasn't in 2000, so he wasn't. But that was <laughs> yeah. the storyline thing. Then the f they function to say that we are the evolution of this business and we are going to impart our legend to Orton and Batista, who were very much framed as the rookies. Like Dax, Dax Harwood, Sean Spears, and Cash Wheeler weren't rookies. No. You, could, you could meet that description for Wardlow, and guess what? He pretty much got there through the feud with MGF. Anyway, so it wasn't an evolution-style group. No. In my opinion. Um, 
One last quote. I thought that Wardlow should be out there with us. This was for a, a six-man tag that they had at some point on Dynamite, uh, which I think he was. And I thought and felt that Max should have been in the match with us as well to show us as a group, to show us as a unit. There were a ton of times Flair was in six-mans or eight-mans with the Horsemen. I thought that Max should be out there with us, but he thought otherwise, and I didn't think he should. I thought up until that point as well, between us, Spears, Max, out of those names at the time, only one person was seeing a ton of TV time, and that was Max. So I thought if you put me in cash with Spears in a match, it really was just three guys who hadn't been on TV very much. But if we added it Max, it would give us a little more star power, make us look a little bit more credible, and make us look more like a unit. He didn't see that things. He didn't see things that way. So we had the six man. If true, I might agree with Dax there. Yeah, yeah exactly. I might agree with Dax there. Um, but regardless, whatever you take from those quotes, whatever, and again, Max isn't Max. MGF hasn't come out with his side of the story. Whatever you take from those quotes, the fact that those quotes exist, and it's very, uh, it's very Dax Harwood kind of talk, where it's indirect, a bit vague, a bit condescending, it's a bit snidey, just say it outright. Yeah. In my opinion. He clearly, even though he's trying to be political there, in my opinion, holds a lot of animosity towards Max. Well, Jacob Friedman. He's on first term, name terms of the yeah. band. I'm not. MJF. Um, all of which is to say that that podcast, the quotes transcribed from it, our collective experience of watching the pinnacle and thinking it was weird. Yeah. Combine that with the nose-to-forehead <laughs> smear spot on Dynamite last week, it's very obvious that there's a great deal of tension there. I'm, I'm asking you the question now, and I'm trying not... Uh, no, set your expectations high. It's about time you got hyped for freaking yeah. AEW for once. Between the expected quality level, the unpredictability surrounding the result, and the very real animosity that, you know, you might get a, f a stiff shot in there, yeah. you might get a receipt, you might get that absolutely impossible to engineer tension where it feels like, is this going to go awry? Are they going to start shooting? You know, the suspension of disbelief element the unpredictable result, and the match quality. Is there anything more you could possibly want from a professional wrestling match? These dickhead swine in the audience after 20 minutes are going to ask for tables, so there's obviously one more thing, <laughs> your precious f***ing tables. Your precious f***ing tables in a singles match. Well, that's a foreign object. Other than tables, is this match missing anything? I cannot wait for it. No, I was, was going to say... When they first said, we're going to have a, bl a blind eliminator tag tournament, and wouldn't you bloody know it, despite the fact that they, the only thing they share in common it, that is the hatred of Tony Schiavone, these two, the number one contender, effectively, and the, the world champion, are going to have the team. I think I'd have put my house on, well, by the end of July, this will be all done and dusted, whether it happens in the semifinals, in the final, or in the title match. They'll be, right, that's out of the way. Anyway, that's killed a month. We're on the month. We're in August. This is the month of all in and then all out. And, you know, I don't want that to happen. <laughs> and, like, you, it's so easy to write away that they can lose and not necessarily have to split immediately on this collision if you want to say, well, we want to save that big blow off for Dynamite. It's like, whatever you want to do, okay? You've got grumpy Roderick Strong, who's been kicking off more and more. He'll be involved in the finish. Yeah. But he might mess it up. But he might screw up. And he might cost FTR... And then Cole's like, what the hell are you doing? But now also is like being pushed, almost being pushed into MJF's arms even more. Yeah. Alongside the fact he's won a flipping tag so title. he's won the title, but it was Strong who did it. So you further the Cole Strong thing and prolong this absolutely magic in a bottle storyline. Yeah. And he effectively won it by shenanigans. So it wasn't a clean victory. So he's not undisputed. And Bobby Fish comes back and then go goaded, obviously. That's your all-in main event straight away. Indeed. I, I cannot wait for this match. I cannot <sighs> wait for it. Do you think, here's the other thing, and I, I know I promised you for your uh, health and well-being that we wouldn't talk about Rampage anymore, but I'm going to bring it back Why? in. Why? Well, do you think there's a potential chance that they sort of show their hand by revealing who the number one contender tag, tag team are? Well, the good thing I'm, is I won't watch it. Yeah, granted. There's and a, I, I might not even get it spoiled. Well, there's a... talk about it. There's a battle royale to determine the new tag team number one contenders, right? 
Um, you've got uh, Danny Magic and Cool Hanange, despite the fact that maybe Jericho doesn't appreciate them. Oh, don't start us off on that again. That rubbish. If you want to know more thoughts on that, check out the Dynamite pre uh, Dynamite review from yesterday, although technically it's today. Full disclosure, we're recording this on Thursday afternoon because of schedules. Uh, Butcher and the Blade, Brian Cage and Big Bill. Oh, my God. Christopher Daniels and Matt Seidel. Uh, mm-hmm. Serpentico and Luther. Jesus Christ. Ethan Page and Brothers A. Oh. Oh. And Jay Lethal and Satnam Singh. Oh, and sorry, the Hardy Boys. No! No, no, no! It's them. They're my pick, by the way. Hardy Boys. Oh, my God. For the all-in match. FTR versus the Hardys are all no. in. Ah, no. FTR versus... Uh, Call and MGF versus the Hardys. That's what I'm saying, baby! Oh, God. Which way are you leaning, actually, for the tag title match? FTR. I think FTR. I think FTR are going to win. Good Bruce bet? Yes. That's that's good, because I... You want you think Call and MGF? I don't know if I actually think that. Well, I've already shook hands. I've already shook hands, and I want that to happen. I want that. I really, really want, yeah, like you say, the acknowledgement of TK. Because he did it eventually. There was an argument to be made that they should have done it on the night when they first faced Swerve in our glory. You remember when people were like, should they have just called an audible there? And then I think about a week or two anyway, it happened with the, uh, the acclaim becoming tag champs. And, uh, the uh, thing is... It's another wrinkle. There's precedent for them maybe should have done it sooner. Yeah. And... This isn't the be-all and end-all when it when it comes to... Uh, win, yeah. But their merch sales are off the chain. That's the thing, eh? It's so hot. Don't kill the golden goose now. Yeah, there's golden eggs to be hatched. And sort your merch out for when you come to England as well. Yeah. But that's a different, different thing. Well, the good thing about this is it's uh, usually... Oh, I hate that this match is happening now. Why do it now? Just do it on next week's Rampage. Oh, no... Oh, I've just realised. Ah, you have to do Trent versus Serpentico on next week's Rampage. You couldn't delay it a friggin' week. Yeah, it's you know really what I mean? Annoying. It's Rampage, who cares? So it's ridiculous that they've done it now because depending on who wins, it seems obvious that, well, they're obviously going to work FTR. But the beauty of having a babyface set of champions who might retain is that a babyface versus heel match and a babyface versus babyface matches are both likely. Wrestling promoters do those all the yeah. time. Very rarely, and for good reason, do they ever do heel versus heel. So it's not like, oh, the heels have won this match and they have to fight the babyfaces. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the babyface is going to win the next match. It's very fluid and open-ended. With a babyface title holder, they could face the Hardys. I hope they don't. And for me, it's equally likely, or, you know, maybe I'm manifesting this for my own sanity, that it's Cage and Big Bill. Yeah. Equally, with Cole and MJF, MJF could work heel in a match against whomever. Or he could work babyface if a heel team wins this. So the the outcome of the Rampage Battle Royale will have no bearing on mm. my thoughts of who's going to win the collision match, which is just as friggin' well because it's such a weird time to do it. If it's FTR versus Hardys are all in, I'm not going. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what are the th- what if that happens? What are they thinking? Yeah, no, come on. Um, what, do that on dynamite. Yeah, do the books versus it. Who's buying a ticket to watch a forty-minute Matt Hardy match? Which Dax will even Dax would struggle to do that. Um, one final thing. I realise you've laid Can out. You imagine a twenty-minute Matt Hardy match in Wembley Stadium. I'll go for a piss. <laughs> yeah, at least you got your toilet break match. I will down a pint. Go for a piss. Just waiting. Breaking for you in the concessions. <laughs> Anyone else want a drink? Because I'm I, I've got such a crap bladder that if I have a pint, particularly with that, that really watery lager you get in stadiums and arenas, I'll need one f- 10 minutes later. Yeah. So instead of uh, back to the seat, back to the seat, what's happening now? Oh, Jeff Hardy's in the ropes again. Oh, Matt Hardy's trying to dislocate his elbow, trying to get a friggin' delete chant going. Great. Thanks, Hardy boys. I'll just hang around, yeah. go on Twitter. And just wait for the next piss to arrive. <laughs> wait for the next piss. So despite the fact you laid out quite a great deal of legitimate animosity between the uh, 
well, three quarters of this match. They've all been very nice to Adam Cole, understandably. He's a like lovely man. CM Punk's nice to Adam yeah. Cole. Is Max going to do anything to piss him off as part of their entrance? Or part of that attire? Part of the attire. Whether he dresses as their <laughs> Shatter Machine revival clowns or whatever they were in WWE. I think the Bucks did that once. The Bucks did that on BTE. Should have done it on TV. Like, I'm not suggesting that they do this. I'm just, you You can, you're more than welcome to absolutely refute this. And, and I understand that I don't want to make light of this or any connotations, but like Max has got a very popular t-shirt. The fight like an eight-year-old girl was a very popular t-shirt. Anything, is that just no-go territory? Do you think that would make Dak? I mean, he said he's going to gouge his eyes out for even mentioning his wife or his baby that daughter. That feels like it wasn't an accident. So maybe you get some kind of T-shirt. What I would do is right? it is it is it him going? This T-shirt, the eight-year-old girl T-shirt, rips that off to reveal. This is the T-shirt or something. I don't know. I very much would encourage maybe having a little considering AW past history. Maybe clear certain things you're going to go out and do before yes. you do it. What what I would do if I was better than you, baby, is knowing that Dax Harwood thinks Bret Hart's really good. And you should check him out, but you don't like him more than me. Um, I would have MGF and Cole, because Cole's obviously a huge Shawn Michaels guy. Like he was like there was like mentor, protege, he was one of his childhood heroes, all the rest of it. And MGF does Shawn Michaels stuff in Canada to piss off the Bret Hart fans, and he's gonna want to piss off Dax. Better than you, baby, come out. Black trunks. Better than you, baby, written in neon green. <gasps> DX regalia. Coming out and saying, like, doing, like, hand gestures, <laughs> which indicate... Don't sing my gig! <laughs> that kind of thing. Crotch chops, black and luminous neon green, doing the whole bicep pose with the outstretched yeah. leg. Um... Maybe during a heat sequence, get FTRs, you know, that jackets that they sometimes wear. Laying that out on the canvas and going, uh, 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 and like humping it like Shawn Michaels did with the Canadian yeah. flag, and like snotting on the jacket, um, doing, <laughs> when Dax is trying to tag you for real, you don't respect you. There's a stiff shot, right? Don't say it. Do the Shawn Michaels Hulk Hogan selling. Oh, oh my god. Oh my god. Like, obviously, don't take the piss with it. And he's in, <laughs> it's always the first three minutes stuff before you get into, like, really serious business and build the, the proper tenor of the match. But B, if anyone can be more obnoxious than 1996, 1997 Shawn Michaels is MJF. And you should lean completely into it. Because the idea is as well, it's a lot of fun for all-time fans. Um, but if you're like, you're, the psychology of MJF's character, he's going to want to get under Dax Harwood's skin. Dax Harwood's already seething. He already kind of hates him. And your storylines aren't potentially reality, unless this is one big elaborate work. Mm -hmm. um, you'll want to, and I hate when this is said out loud, but rent some space in Dax Harwood's yeah. head. So it makes sense for him to do that as well. God, that's genius. I'd love all that. Tuning up the band. And then Dax Hardwood, oh, damn, Brad was better, Brad was better, and then running over when he's tuning up the band. It's like, I'm going to small package you, dickhead, because that was the plan all along. Yeah, or he's like, uh, yeah, Dax is maybe like tangled up in the ropes, and MJF looks around, and he's conflicted, and he goes, I'm sorry. I love, I love you. you. Psych, no, no, so my cock. So, yes, I'm sorry. I love you. Psych. Don't <laughs> sing, mate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm so excited for this. going to be kick ass. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. It dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Speaking of sucking cock, right? <laughs> What's this going on? No, speaking of telling people to suck it, we will get to the ladder match, I promise. Speaking of telling people to suck it, right? One man who used to do that. Billy Gunn, about two weeks ago. Yeah. But now he's he retired. What? Is this, what are they going to do to follow this up tonight? Well, I think Not tonight, a... tomorrow. I was talking about Rampage. No. Oh, because it's going out on Friday. No, yeah. this is on, there's no, no there's no develop, there's no announcement about Billy Gunn on Collision. What are you talking about? I've got confused with my days. <laughs> they, is there going to be developments with Billy Gunn's potential retirement on Collision? And the acclaimed being like, what? You didn't like that part, did you? You liked elements of this last week. I liked Malachi Black basically saying, You're old, you old bitch. You should retire. Make an embarrassment of yourself. Take the horse around the back of the barn, put a bullet in the back of his head. Yeah. You have a glue. Why's a glue? Um, yeah, I think this is clever because I enjoy any storyline which you can suspend your disbelief. And that's why this MJF Dax meeting is so, like, thrilling to me. Yeah. I can buy that Billy Gunn is potentially thinking, I'm obviously nearer the end of my career than the beginning, even though I've never been more over. Um, if they do a retirement match, which is clearly the way they're going to do this, he hasn't just retired. It was Angle at the second the acclaimed sort of overdid their bit. They might put Daddy Ass's career on the line at Wembley Stadium. <gasps> if we can't beat the House of Black after two tries, Billy Gunn's going to retire at Wembley. And because for some reason, I don't personally get it, for some reason, these AEW fans are just besotted with Daddy Ass. They're going to go, no, Daddy Ass, don't retire. What we'll do is we'll make some noise for you for one of these weird, not good House of Black matches. I don't want to see FTR and the Hardy Boys and the acclaimed versus House of Black again. That's what Wembley is. I'm not going. I'm not going. Oh, you spend, I don't like this anymore. I've you go to the foyer of Wembley Stadium, effectively. You spend half the friggin' show there. Yeah, I just, I don't believe that they'll, they'll just be... I can't have Daddy Ass and Matt Hardy taking up 40 minutes of this show. <laughs> Can you imagine? Let's get off my nose. I'm not going. So, I'm going for free as part of this job, this wonderful job that I love and I'm incredibly privileged to have. And I don't want to go. <laughs> You'll swap jobs with because someone. in my head now. I've convinced myself that Matt Hardy's getting 20 minutes with Dax Howard. <laughs> yeah, I, I hope that there is the acclaim going. Where the hell did that come from to, to, to Daddy Ass on, on Collision? Because, yeah, I don't think if it was you, if he's supposedly a good friend of yours, you don't just go, well, he left his boots in the ring, so that's that. You go, you look, listen to those reactions. Look at what you've managed to do with us in the ring recently. 
look at what we've done to, you know, fight for you in the past when, like, someone tried to cut his finger off or something, wasn't it? Wasn't that a storyline? I dreamed that. Or Swerve? Yeah. He just kidnapped him. It was, it was Halloween. I'll, I'll, I will allow it. And it was Rampage. I don't give a toss. Yeah, it doesn't count. Yeah. Um, you can't just give up now. And then, yeah, he's like, and, and then Malachi can be like, we you require a sacrifice to justify another title match? And then that's how you get, yeah, the retirement stip. I like that. Yeah. But <laughs> the matches have all been rubbish. Not rubbish, but just nothing matches. There'll be an emotional what, element. What happened to uh, Dealer's Choice? That was a thing for two um, weeks um, until don't, it wasn't. Don't speak that back into existence. They've just got rid of the lights as well. Oh, yeah, the lights. Uh, maybe that's what it was. Dealer's Choice was everyone just says, in future, don't just put those solid Yeah, like every on. single team out there, yeah, yeah, can turn the lights off. That's stupid. That looks absolutely lame. What is this? Lucha Underground. Oh, people love Lucha Underground. I've probably upset a lot of people. It's fine if you like it. It just doesn't work in the context of AEW. Uh, the guns are now a part of a... I don't know if they're called Bullet Club Gold or the Bing Bing Ging. Bing Bing Ging is the informal nickname for Bullet Club Gold. Is that all four of them? Or is it, is it yeah. Bullet Club Gold and the guns? Or I, thought I, the think, guns they're, are, I think they're in. I'm just going to write Bullet Club Gold in the notes, uh, despite the fact there's no Jay White in this match, because it's the the Guns and Juice Robinson, our new favourite, uh, versus El Hijo del Vikingo and sort of top flight. Poor uh, Dante Martin, of course, still recovering from that injury and wishing well in his recovery there. And uh, Action Andre more than stepped up to fill his uh, boots know, last week uh, alongside no, Darius. I have been harsh on Action Andretti purely because I'm bored rigid of the style that he works when it isn't at its absolute best and he's a raw young talent yes who obviously is not going to give you the very best of that form um it's, it's just the timing of it all the rest of it um i wish juice robinson and vikingo were working together uh jay white and vikingo were working together i think yeah. that would be absolutely tasty different gravy. gravy um but yeah i don't know if we're getting that well, obviously we're not maybe at some point yeah i got no interest in this match really don't for God's sake, don't let Bullock with gold lose. They're gonna win. It's gonna be perfectly serviceable action on the card. Um I'm into the Bullock Club Gold, like to a shocking degree. When Jay White first debuted, I was like, oh, you're doing this. I never would have thought I'd be into it as I am, as into it rather as I am. I don't think I'd be into Bullock Club anytime after 2019, to be honest. And here we are. Well done. Um, I don't care about this match, though. I like it when it happens. Oh, yeah, but what, does this mean we're going to get the gun's new entrance? Because... Oh, my God. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. The spray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Why does it make my nipples hot? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's great. It's great. It's, they've got such cockhead faces as well. Like the most smug little entitled nipple baby brats. You think they look cool. It works. 10 out of 10 presentation. I, I think two things are going to happen in this match. Uh, one of them uh, is me, again... Not not actually physically suggesting something that is physically impossible, but just sort of intimating towards it. So, yeah, there's no way that Bullet Club Gold lose this match, and I almost guarantee there will be a spot, and I think... I can't think of a threesome in AW or arguably in wrestling right now that would sell better. I'm talking about the Guns and Juice Robinson, and Juice, please scream all you like. I'll be there, there right there with you. Where if you're facing someone like Vikingo, Action Andretti, and Darius Martin, you do a spot where you go, phew, they were going to do a big high-flying move, but we're definitely out of range. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A few moments later, and Ed's been taken off. Oh, my God. Triple Vikingo thing that you put Kenny Omega through the table through, and he broke his back on the eight. Yeah. Yeah. Well... There you go. There you got your table thing satiated. Now concentrate on the good. Oh, this this thing needs to die. Did we, I don't think I heard any of it in, on Dynamite. No, mercifully. Maybe it's just a Florida thing. God damn. <laughs> God damn tables make my cock so hard. Um, do you want to talk briefly about CM Punk's losing streak? Ricky Starks is cheating all the time, and yeah. CM Punk's losing all the time. Ah, that's a weird one. It's different to how it went the first time around. Where Tony Khan was allergic to um, <laughs> defeating him, um, even in tags and what have you. Um, am I bothered? Why am I asking myself questions? Uh, <laughs> I don't take him any less seriously as a star. 
I mean, yeah, I say losing streak. He lost last week. He didn't get pinned. Yeah. Darby Allen got pinned twice. In. It's weird, like, wrestling fans, some of them, I, 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 don't, I never like to just tar them all with the same brush. Yeah. I've met so many awesome wrestling fans in my time here at What Culture. Um, I like to think that just the knobs are the knobs, and there's a vocal minority, but some of them don't like it when people lose, <laughs> and they don't take them seriously <laughs> as stars anymore, and that's why Roman Reigns' thing's so over. Yeah. Like, I hear it was like, oh, Kenny's losing a lot on Dynamite, because dickhead, <laughs> in about a year, if he can last that long, he's going to turn heel, and it's all part of an elaborate plan. In the meantime, you get people you're going to get Kenny the Ace, but this is a different promotion that's going to do things in a completely different and bold way. That's why Kenny Omega's losing all the time. We need to establish someone who's better than him, John Moxley, so he can cheat and then be the heel Kenny Omega. So maybe this will diminish his star power, but mm. I have patience, and I'm not a goldfish, so I don't really... <laughs> complain about that kind of thing. I've lost my mind today. We've done a lot of podcasts today, uh-huh. to be fair. Um, what do you think Punk's doing at All In slash All Out? Well, all Out, obviously, he's going to be in uh, something major with the location. In which case, maybe he's going to do something on a smaller scale at All In. Much Put like Hardy's match? <laughs> you could put... You could plunge Kenta Kabashi in the Fountain of Youth. Restore him to his 1996 form in like a, in a world first, mm-hmm. in a world first, and then say to me, right, okay, this has happened, and I'm going to go, what? That's great. Oh, he's going to work my heart. Oh, I'm not going to watch it then. <laughs> not even for like the novelty of signs being changed forever. No. In addition to having 96 Kabashi back. back. Oh, what's he done to deserve this? <laughs> it might not even happen. No. I can put the pre-show if you want. Hey, there you go. Yeah, get that all out of your system whilst you're not in the arena. But Tony, you know, imagine 80,000 people doing delete. Imagine 80,000 of them doing the delete chant, Tony. We should we should put Matt Hardy on the show. Don't just sing my gig! <laughs> But yeah, Punk getting a... They haven't advertised anything for Punk on this show. I mean, granted, the, the tag title and got, the ladder match. Oh, the draws on there yeah. now with MGF. That's good, I it's suppose. It's so funny if he gets the best and, number. Uh, it would be so funny if this gets the best number. Weirdly, uh, no women's match advertised at the time of recording. Let me guess, will there be a squash? Oh, maybe. To set up another frigging opponent for Chris Statlander. On dynamite next week or something, something like that. Get Athena on this show. Yes, tell please. you what, an Athena squash is class. So I wouldn't mind that. That would be fun. Like Athena is too good to be in. It's the best way to describe ROH. It's basically is watched and talked about. It's like twenty eight nineteen ROH was. Yeah, like December twenty nineteen ROH when it's like Jesus Christ. Like, Athena's too good for it. And what's shocking as well is that Claudio gets to be on Dynamite all the time as ROH champion, and they work out a way to put him in matches where he doesn't do jobs or take pins. Um, even if he's ultimately going to lose the big storyline like he did against the Elite. Like, Jesus Christ, um, get Athena on there. If you can put Claudio as an ROH champion on Dynamite and make him a regular fixture and keep him strong, which he is, for Christ's sake, put Athena on there. It's yeah. embarrassing that she's not on there. Uh, very quickly, before we get to this ladder match. It's time, it's time to play the game! Time to play, time the, to game. play the game! Ha 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 ha! Did it, did it, Who should CM Punk face at All In? I've got the AW roster page in front of me. One shot this, because then we're going to talk, we, I said we'd get to it eventually, to talk about the really exciting ladder match for the mask that's coming up. I'm scrolling through the uh, AEW roster page. When you're ready, say stop, pick a number between one and five, and that is CM Punk will face Wembley Stadium, 
all in August 27th, I want to say. Stop. Fall. Brother Zay. You do, do it again. But he's doing tag team stuff right now, so that'd be... Yeah, he's going to be second busy, and Matt Hardy busy, for the 25-minute yeah, yeah, match with okay. FTR that okay. I've just worried myself sick with. Okay, one more. One more Stop try. two. This is final. A returning Santana. I mean, that sucks. Okay, one more go. One a more. Third time. It's always three. It's always three. Straight. When we played Pro Evo in uni, we used to do the random. Oh. And you could either. You, can skip, you stick. You can get twist. three goes, stick yeah. or twist. And if you get like classic Argentina. Yes, great. If you get like. Dagnum and Redbridge. Yeah, yeah. And then the, the, the drama on the final one. Where you're stuck with that team. Yeah. Oh my God, it was incredible. So that's what we're doing. The same principle here. Same principle here. Well, am I going to wish that it was Brother Zay? <laughs> Stop. One. Uh, okay. If you'd have said five, it would have been Konosuke Takeshita. If you'd have said four, it would have been Commander. If you'd have said three, it would have been Kip Sabian. If you'd have said it two, it would have been Kenny Omega. But you said one. So it's CM Punk versus Keith Lee. <laughs> it's all in. What does that look like? What does that pounce look like? I want to see it. Well, I don't want to go to Wembley Stadium. That's the lesson I've learned this week. There's a ladder match tonight between Buddy Matthews and Andrade El Idolo for Andrade's mask. What happens? Is this the reunification of Roosh and the boys because he signed a new contract and, well, it's presumably to set up another, a new trio to take on the House of Black if we're not going down the daddy-ass retirement thing that we booked earlier. Well, the acclaimed could face the winners of the thingy of this match, which would be better. Okay. Andrade and anyone. Andrade, Roosh, and anyone against House of Black. Andrade, Roosh, and... It's time to play the game! Okay. I didn't mean that. We do this thing in the studio. Oh, sorry, I skipped. It's time to play the game! Who's going to be in the trio with Andrade and Rouge to work the House of Black at Wembley Stadium? Because I've seen House of Black versus the Acclaim twice, and it was not good either time. Stop. One. Brian Danielson. Excellent. There we go. We got it. We got it yes. to our groove. His arms back. And the slider match, shh. But, you know, on paper, it sounds excellent. Oh, it's good. They're going to be this stupid bastards, both of these. I love them. They're going to do something preposterous. They are like Andrade's Loki, like a moron. <laughs> like, some of the stuff he was doing to his ankles in his first AEW run, I was like, brother, do you not even know how much mass you've put on yourself? Yeah. Like, like you hate your own ankles. <laughs> it's great entertainment for me. And Buddy as well is, he absolutely loves nothing more than spiking his head on the canvas. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, Buddy Matthews has tried hard of late to work like, um, and Andrade, they're trying a more stripped back approach. It's less explosions. So maybe you'll get the both, best of both worlds where if it's anything like, the first match was like an understated selling limbs match, which caught me completely off guard on the first collision. Um, maybe they'll get the tone and violence correct before then doing stupid things, reckless things with their bodies, which is the best of both worlds. Or is it? Or do I just want them to go hog friggin' wild? Yeah. On a white knuckle idiot ride. <laughs> and just enjoy the carnage. Um, I don't know which way it's going to go. There's precedent for both. Um, I would expect Andrade's going to get his mask back with the help of Rouge and maybe Pedro Peregrosso. And then the House of Black can go, well, dickheads, thanks. You've ruined our plan. Now you must meet us in the ring for a trios match. There might even be the chance to do the one one of the few wrestling moves that I despise every time it's used. I'm th thinking, of course, of the... I always associate with Alberto Del Rio. Just hold yourself up on the top rope. 
while she's sort of wrapped around the turnbuckle. And, oh, stay there. Just wait a second. Right, I'm going to stomp right through your chest. Doesn't work. Looks ridiculous every time that they do it. Do you want to know what the best version of that is ever? Sorry, Quan. But if someone's had their legs pulled through a ladder and then it's just their torso sticking out, they ain't got a choice. Yeah. That could be sick. The best one ever. And you know who did this because they're so clever? It's Kenny Omega. Of course. Where the foot stomp on a prone slash suspended opponent in the G1 match, the G1 match against Tomohiro Ishii, Ishii was like draped. So it was like legs were inside the ring under the ropes, but the top half of his body was kind of sprawled over. Oh, yeah. the, The... Skirt over the apron, and he was trying to get back in the ring. And then Kenny's on the top row, he stomped his heart in. Oh my god, what are we talking about? Oh, yeah, match match should be good. Win for Andrade, yes, cool. Well, let us know your thoughts ahead of AW Collision this weekend on uh, X, not Twitter. At what culture WWE watch? They can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at Emma Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at what culture WWE, as I said. Make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. The SmackDown preview is available right now. Me and Sid will be back on Monday to review AEW Collision. But for now, this has been the AEW Collision preview. My thanks to Michael Sidgwick. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.